0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Social media has taken a solid role in becoming the quickest way to divide people. Today, Pastor J.D. implores you to think before you post. Can you share Jesus with the people you interact with? Or have you been so hateful that they want nothing to do with you? Don't lose people to the enemy just to make a point. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 6th, 2020.
1: But God has foretold us in His Word what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, we will believe that He is God. That's what Jesus said, John 13 verse 19. Listen to this. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. I am the I am. I think of Moses. You know, that burning bush. I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel close in proximity to that burning bush experience. But (laughs) you know, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground, and here's Moses trembling, and God reveals himself to Moses as the I am. And Moses is a little bit puzzled, and he says, you know, you're sending me, but who shall I say you are? Answer, I am. I am what? No, I am. No, but I am, I am. No, I am the I am. Pretty much settles it, or at least it should. Says it again in the next chapter, John 14 verse 29, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. And Luke 21 verse 28, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near." In other words, (laughs) I've told you before it happens. I've told you what's going to happen before it happens, so when it begins to happen, non-believers will believe, and believers will look up, not rise up. Hear me out. I am very concerned. That there's this movement. We need to rise up and take back. What? I don't, where's that? That smacks of Kingdom Now theology, Dominion theology, where we have to take dominion of the earth as Christians. I don't see that in here. That's a false doctrine. I would even argue a doctrine of demons. It's not biblical. It's not rise up and take back. It's look up because we're going to be taken out. That's what Jesus is saying. When you see these things begin to happen, stand your ground and fight back. No! I don't see Christians needing to rise up, rather we're to look up because we're going to be taken up very soon. And you know what the common thread that's woven into the fabric of these verses that I just quoted is? God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. That's why he told us in advance. If you want to prepare somebody for something that's coming, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them in advance. Here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you now so that when it does happen you won't be blindsided, caught off guard, as a thief in the night, caught unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant. I would venture to say that throughout the pages of Holy Writ you'll find this, that God does not want us to be ignorant concerning Bible prophecy. Even the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians, the first epistle that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write was to the church in Thessalonica. And this was a church that he had started and didn't get to spend much time with them. Some believe maybe three weeks at the least, maybe a little bit more, not much more, before he was ran out of town and these were new believers. This was a new church. And what does the Apostle Paul teach them as new believers? The rapture? Bible prophecy? Yeah, but, wait a minute, Paul, these are new believers. You shouldn't teach Bible prophecy to new believers. You should teach them to the seasoned, mature. Give me a break. You know, the first time Paul writes about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's to the Thessalonians, not the Corinthians. That would come later. First Corinthians 15, we have the gospel. But the first time he mentions the gospel is to the Thessalonians. And it's in the context of the death, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection and the return in the rapture of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And if you think about it, (laughs) that's the good news. That's the blessed hope. It's not just that Jesus came, he was crucified, buried, and resurrected, and that's it. No, (laughs) he's coming back. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Wouldn't you agree that (laughs) with all the bad news? And it's getting badder. Is "better" a word? Well, I'm going to make it a word. And the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. I I have to say it, because I'm going to stand before God and give an account. But things are going to get not just worse, much worse. Can I say it like this? You ain't seen nothing yet. And that's the bad news. (laughs) If you don't know Jesus Christ and the rapture happens, you will be left behind, and you will go through the seven-year tribulation, and it will be unspeakable horror, unimaginable horror. This is why we do these weekly prophecy updates, and this is why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and The Childlike Simple Explanation of Salvation with the ABCs of Salvation. Before we get to the ABCs, I want to share with you a very encouraging email. She writes, Pastor J.D., my name is Loretta, and my husband Tim and I have been watching your teaching and updates since about February of this year. We live near Tampa, Florida. Of course I get ministered to by your teaching, but this one, this particular one, uh, out of 1 Timothy, titled Enemy or Opportunity, where we talked about people not being the enemy, but the opportunity. She said, this one, brother, hit me between the eyes. I have been feeling somewhat convicted about some of my less than helpful remarks on social media especially to the people who are very pro-Democrat and or socialists in the making. And I get especially frustrated at these folks since I lived as a missionary in Russia in the 90s when the walls came down. I saw what the Russians went through trying to build an economy, and it wasn't pleasant. So the night that I heard this teaching, Enemy or Opportunity, I was Thanking the Lord that he used you in this sermon to confirm to me that I needed to not worry so much about America, but of course not give up and do nothing, but to remember that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I purpose not to go there with the politics as much as the good news of Jesus. The next day, I discovered a large crack in my windshield after I left a covered garage area at a mall. couldn't remember being behind a truck with rocks and pebbles, and when my husband came home and looked at it, he said it looked like someone had shot the windshield with a pellet gun. The next day, after I cooled down about the incident, with really no proof of the pellet gun theory, I spent about 45 minutes on the phone with my insurance company, Trying to sort out the details of replacement. I was referred to a call center with a woman who I found out was working out of her home near Phoenix. As you may be able to tell, I am quite the gabber. <laughs> so I asked her about the weather and how she was dealing with COVID. Then, after that, I mentioned to her that God was in control. She then agreed with me. I thought, segue! I told her I was a Christian and asked her if she had anything that I could pray with her about. She got real quiet, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh. But she said, actually, I do. I deal with a lot of pain, and that's why I have to work from home now. I told her that I would be praying for her, but then... I asked her if I could pray with her right now, and she said yes. After the prayer, the Lord impressed on me that the reason my windshield got broken was for this prayer to happen with her. I told her this, and then she started crying. I have to tell you, it was such a God moment. Also, in another incident several weeks ago, I had a young woman on Instagram, very dangerous, Instagram, Twitter. Be very careful. I I know I've made this appeal before, but perhaps it is warranted to make it again. Social media can be a trap, a snare. And be very careful with your posts on social media. You'll give an account for every letter of every word of every post. I hope you know that. And your post is either going to move them closer to Jesus, or it's going to distance them further from Jesus. We're to move everyone every day closer to Jesus. And there's never been a time more than now for us to be busy about bringing people into the kingdom while there's still time. But when we get in the flesh... And I'm, I'm, I'll speak for myself. Oh, my goodness. Think about what Paul says. I know that in my flesh there dwells no good thing. The flesh rears its ugly head, and it doesn't take much. It's just one reply, one tweet, one retweet. And you have to ask yourself the question, after that post, can you share Jesus with them now? It's kind of like having a Christian bumper sticker or something on the back of your car and then cutting somebody off kind of a witness is that? So she says, I had a young woman on Instagram who I made a comment that was disparaging to the younger generation as being heavily influenced by liberal professors. Hey, I can get on board with that. So she sent me a reply indicating that I must be an old person. And it was at that moment when I first felt really convicted about my supposedly witty comments and I had to ask myself how had I pushed her closer to Jesus by the way that's conviction not condemnation you know the difference when there's that still small voice of conviction of the Holy Spirit here's the the litmus test conviction draws you closer to the Lord condemnation distances you further from the Lord I had been thinking about this particular event, speaking about that Instagram post for about a week when I had heard the sermon, again, the enemy or opportunity sermon. I sent her an apology and humbled myself and asked for forgiveness. (laughs) She was so surprised and then reached out to me in such a kind way. I know we are in the last moments before Christ's return. I hate COVID. I hate the mask. I hate the socialism, Marxist movement. I see that what I have been fearing about America, which most of my fearful remarks reflected on social media may actually happen, but Jesus is in control. In the sermon, the reminder that it is a spiritual battle was needed. I had to ask myself, did I truly believe that it is a spiritual battle and not people? You spoke of how we need to pray for our leaders. My prayer for Nancy Pelosi (laughs) started out a bit rocky. (laughs) But God, (laughs) I endured and got through it. Kind of embarrassing to admit all of this, but oh well. What are the ABCs? Really, the ABCs is just a simple way to explain salvation. It's not the only way to explain salvation. It's just one simple way. It's not intended in any way to insult anyone's intelligence. It's just a childlike simple explanation. Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like this little child. And what is it about children? Well they're very trusting, which is why we have to teach them about stranger danger because they're so trusting. Well that's what Jesus is saying. It's this childlike faith, this childlike trust. the A is for admit that you're a sinner. now, this is not something you have to do to be saved. There's nothing you have to do. It's already been done. It is finished. This is just how. People come to Christ. There's this acknowledging that they've sinned and that they need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, is interesting because it's the sentencing phase for the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin, the wages of sin, is death. It's the death penalty. So if all have sinned, then all have been sentenced to death. Yeah, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. But the gift of God is is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How does that work? Because Jesus came and went to His death in your stead with His blood shed. And He purchased and paid the price in full on the cross. He paid for the gift that He offers to you and to me. And that's what a gift is, right? If you pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. He purchased us. He paid for it, not us. So that gift has been paid for. And he offers it to us, this gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10 9 and 10 says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead you will be saved and then the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord or as Romans 10 9 and 10 also says confess with your mouth if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved why is it important to believe and include this belief that God raised him from the dead because in his resurrection he defeated Satan once and for all. And he defeated death with it. Satan is a defeated foe. See, with sin that entered the world, so too did death with the sin enter the world. It was never God's original plan. And so when sin entered and death with it, the second and final Adam, Jesus the Christ came and paid that penalty and defeated that death that was brought in by sin. He says verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10.13, it says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will, not might, could, should, no, will be saved. And I implore you, while there's still time, seek the Lord while he may be found. Today is the day of salvation. I implore you today to call upon the name of the Lord confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, putting your trust in him for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there's no way this side of glory that we could ever possibly even begin to thank you enough for our salvation, for paying the price in full, purchasing us with your blood. Lord, there's also this gratitude that we have for telling us what's going to happen before it happens so that when we begin to see it happen you get our attention and I, I know Lord you're using what's happening with the Black Lives Matter destruction and deception this manufactured pandemic pandemic Lord, I know that you're using this and you've got people's attention now. Those who may have put their trust in everything and anything but you. Trusting in their their riches, their wealth, their position, their status, their prestige. And Lord, it seems that those things are gone, at least for now. And we'll never return to the normal that the world once knew, but a new normal, as they say, and we know what that new normal really is. Lord, I pray that today they would surrender to you. I've done my best. I I just would offer this one last plea. This world is passing away, the things of this world. This world is not our home. You were created in the image of God to be with God for all eternity, which is why God so loved you in this world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe would not perish in hell for all eternity, but have everlasting life. I plead with you, I implore you, Please, Jesus is the only hope you have. Jesus is the only answer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.
0: The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible, and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor JD's weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us.